Dude. Hey, dude. Dude, I gotta show you something. Dude, there's this sick fucking show going on in New York City, dude. I think you gotta check this fucking out, man. I it's Friday, April 26th, and get this, it's a fucking comedy show for charity, dude. That's fucking sick. That's fucking lit. That's fucking off the keg stand, bro. You gotta check this out. It's called When You Were Young. It's a bunch of fucking comedians and actors and shit. They're telling stories and doing bits and skits and whatever the fuck about being young. And all the donations, all the proceeds, 100%, are gonna go to a childhood literacy charity, dude. That fucking, that's lit. That fucking gets me off, dude. That's so fucking cool that they're doing something like that. Admission is free? That's crazy. It's at Mad Tropical in Brooklyn? Love that place. What were the other things? Friday, April 26th. That's an important part. At 8 p.m. That's when it starts. You should fucking be there, dude. Or if you can't be, online donations will fucking be available soon. But I know your fucking chicken shit ass is going to be there. So get on over there. When you were young. Sponsored by me. God. Hello. I'm famed British author Jane Austen. <laughs> author of such books, Scribe and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, among others. I have here a copy of some of my books that I purchased for $7.98. Not a bad deal. I'd like to read one of them for you in its entirety. <laughs> it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune, must be in want of a wife. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> I say, is it getting hot in here, or is it just me? <laughs> this is a fine-looking crowd. And I don't think I'm leaving here tonight without one of you wrapped around me like a towel. You think it's easy to date in your famed British author? Everyone thinks I'm so romantic. Look, Mrs. Darcy. I want hot and cold running cock coming in and out of my apartment. Oh, hey there, sailor. How tall would you say you are? Uh, five foot six. Five foot six? I didn't know they stacked your sex that high. <laughs> Where are you from and what do you do? Uh, you work in a store. Well, I want to wear you like a jam sport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Fuck a mile in my shoes. When you're this famous, you can't just hop on Tinder or Tumblr or whatever you people fuck nowadays. <laughs> I forgot my clothes, but that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Stan Lee, and I know what you're thinking. Too soon, maybe. <laughs> Too soon to be dusting off this old impression. Well, we at the Buff and Publishing Podcast say no. No, nothing is too tasteless. Taste, just like the new superhero I invented, Umami Man. <laughs> <laughs>
the four different sections of his tongue which taste different things, each controls a different superhuman power. Celebrity chef by day, crime fighter by night. That's just my latest great idea, and I'm gonna need all the funding I can get to, to put these comics out to you. Marvel Comics, which I invented, only me. Remember when you saw Captain Marvel, another of my famous creations? And you saw the pre-roll? All about me, Stan Lee. And you teared up a little bit in your eye. And then remember after the movie, when they said, Fuck you, Jack Kirby, and showed footage of him being dragged behind a train and being pissed on by a big racist. If you want to continue to see things like that, we're going to need your funding, true believers. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin supports the incredible amount of work we're doing over here at the Puffin Publishing Podcast, at the Jive Action Nerds, all these different spinning plates, commemorative plates, for my famous Marvel heroes, like Jim Plate, known also as the Incredible Fighting Dish. He's always running away with a spoon. Now I'm going to leave you true believers for a minute, but just remember as you listen to this episode of whichever podcast this is, take care of yourselves and each other. Remember that that guy across the train from you, he's not that different. He might just be your brother. Also, money, 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 money. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Nuff said, Excelsior! Imagine, if you will, a world where the greatest literary minds never died. They lived on to share their wisdom with us for years and years. Sounds like a dream. But dreams have a nasty habit of becoming nightmares. We take you now to the Puffin Publishing Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite uh, Harry Potter podcast, a pod ended Scroot. That's a, that's a very uh, niche Harry Potter reference, even for me, J.K. Rowling. I mean, because there's you know, 1,500 uh, other uh, Harry Potter podcasts, we have to kind of uh, find our niche and uh, work with it. Most of the good titles were already taken. Uh, Muggle on Muggle, uh, Saint Mungo's Home for Cast... Spew for you. That like that, that that one's very popular right now. Yes, that one's good. I I enjoy that one from time to time. There's nothing I J.K. Rowling like listening to more than podcasts about my stuff. Things about me, J.K. Rowling. 
Right, and ladies and gentlemen, allow me, uh, Becky Bruntley, to introduce you. We're so exact happy to have here uh, in my uh, one-room studio apartment, the uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh, yes, thank you. Hold your, hold your applause. Hold your applause, oh, oh. please. Okay. Um, yes, it's, it's very nice for me to be here. Oh, good. Uh, I, now, uh, J.K., I believe you're... Uh, Culture. I believe you... What? Nothing. You said yes. J.K. Culture. Yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> I love laughing. You you laugh like Aragog. <laughs> oh please make please stop, JK. I'm trying to record here. Which one of us is the weird one? Uh, JK, I believe you have some. Um, I believe that you have some new uh, details to tell your audience to tell these to tell the Potterheads. Yes. That is uh, too juicy, even for Potter yes. lore. Yes, uh, well, as, as, as I'm sure everyone listening to this is aware, there's nothing I like more than expanding the Harry Potter universe through uh, tweets, uh, little clips on Pottermore. Uh, of course, the, the first and probably the most famous one is, was the revelation that Dumbledore was gay. Of course, never stated canonically, but I just wanted everyone to know, oh, he's gay. Um... There was a revelation that there was indeed one lone Jewish child at Hogwarts. Um, uh, yes, Fido. Um, the Fido loves uh, Harry Potter facts. Uh, the most recent one, my personal favorite, uh, was the revelation that uh, before the advent of Muggle plumbing, wizards just shit their pants. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, let me apologize for Crookshanks. Crookshanks is barking. It's very interesting that you right named now. it the cat name and not one of the dog names. That was, a, that cats, was a bold... But... <laughs> you, but you really wanted Crookshanks. I really like the name Crookshanks. You've raised this dog as a cat. Anyway, JK, what would you... Uh, like, what, what are you here to tell our listeners? Uh, well, uh, I, I think I've talked myself here. I have a few. I have a, I have a, 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 a tome... A history of magic here that I've written myself, uh, and I think it would be smashing if I were to tell you some of my new revelations about Hogwarts. Uh, Hogwarts was actually built on a Native American burial ground. Native uh, Native Americans in England? Sure. Well, they you know travel. They traveled the world, and and they happened to die there. A whole bunch of them. It was a a tragic accident at a rainforest cafe, uh, wait, and then Hogwarts wait, was built atop. Wait, you wait. wait so, wait, uh, wait. Were these Native American wizards, or were they like normal Native Americans? Normal Native Americans, but as normal we all Native know, Americans. all Native Americans are mystical and strange. Of course. Uh, so they, yes, so that is uh, the nature of all the weird uh, ghosts and shit at Hogwarts. It's because of the Native Wait, American burial ground. Did you just say all Native Americans are mystic and strange? Well, yes, we all know that. Native American mysticism, all of the, you know, true oh, magic um, of trees and stuff. Oh, I love them. They're so cute. Um, uh, so, and they died at a rainforest cafe. Yes, a horrible accident at a rainforest cafe. One of so, the fake trees fell down, collapsed the whole building. It's tragic. So wait, did this? Did this? So is this happened a long time in the past, or just extremely recently? A very long time ago, nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighteen. The uh, the, the novelty restaurant Rainforest Cafe. Yes. 
was alive and well in the in the middle of the English countryside. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, actually, a little known fact: uh, Durmstrang, the rival school Durmstrang, was built the on Eastern the Eastern European. The Eastern European one uh, was actually built on the ruins of a hard rock cafe. A hard a. The the foundation was truly a hard rock, but also a cafe. But mostly a cafe, yes. And uh, Beau Battens, uh, the the French one, uh, was a planet Hollywood. A, so if I go into the so if a wizard went into the chambers of uh, of Beau Baton, if you went uh, to Beau Baton, the school a, for magical French bitches, right? They could find say. Uh, like they could find the doll from Child's Play. Yes, it, uh, I I need to uh, make something very clear. The other two are built on ruins. Bobatons is an active planet Hollywood. <laughs> it's open, so if you you know some people are there to learn magic, wear those cute little blue Madeline French outfits, and some people are there to see the script of the mask. Some people are there to see Columbo's coat. Which is not magic. You know, just the magic of the performance of Peter Falk. But not magic in the traditional sense. It's just the magic of the motion picture. The ma- movie magic is uh, the the substitute there, yes. Because everybody knows uh, French people love... American blockbusters. That's their favorite They can't thing. get enough of them. They love Americans, American culture, uh, and the headmaster of Bow Buttons, surprise, Jerry Lewis. So, so wait, it, there is no Madame Maxine. It's just an incredibly in-depth performance of Jerry Lewis. Uh, that is, uh, yes, it is Jerry Lewis, deep in character, noted character actor, and capable of doing more than one thing guy, Jerry Lewis, is actually in deep as Madame Maxine. He, he, he has transfigured himself into a giantess, which is the exact polar opposite of quote-unquote beloved American comedian and French icon Jerry Lewis. So, is there any Harry Potter mer- any Harry Potter props at this uh, Hard Rock Cafe? Uh, uh, there is a uh, the walls, much like a a an apartment of someone in their mid twenties. The walls of this planet Hollywood are adorned by the countless empty whiskey bottles consumed by Daniel Radcliffe during the filming of the last two Harry Potter movies. So all, so all two hundred and twenty-six of them. Yes, uh, they they line the very walls. Remember when you go to certain apartments in your mid twenties, and they think decorations are empty alcohol bottles. I don't know what you mean. Oh no, I'm sorry. Let me uh, pick up this uh, this bottle of uh, single proof uh, of single malt butter beer that I picked up at Wizarding World. It fell off the shelf. Let me put it back up top. Yeah, that's a personality, right? Uh, Absolutely. So that's those are my first uh, series of revelations. Um, I'm very proud of those. I always had them in mind when it never came up in Goblet of Fire, but I thought that would be interesting. No, no. Uh, you, you, uh, you know, uh, but you always knew that uh, Victor Crumb would uh, oh, find yeah. Leonard would find like a dr- a withered Leonard Skinner jacket. Mm-hmm. It was always my plan. It's 
it, yes, the the bow batten. No, I'm sorry, Durmstrang. The Durmstrang school uniform uh, is actually like disposed Depeche Mode like jackets. Oh, which stretches the definition of a hard rock cafe, but uh, th- it's a it's a loose one. They're in Russia; they take what they can get. <laughs> uh, Bulgaria, I think it's Bulgaria, which is basically it, Russia. It's, it's Eastern Europe. It's I mean, it was among the Eastern Bloc in the Soviet Union. Yes. Um, Speaking of which, yes. uh, how did, did did the wizards know about like the Soviet Union? Or, like, the Cold War. Yes, the wizards or... knew about all of that. They did nothing. So, do, do they do they understand, like, atomic bombs? They get it. Um, they just have chosen a platform of non-involvement. Uh, there was, indeed, uh, a Japanese uh, wizard school completely wiped out by the atomic bomb. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. The Quidditch World Cup was taking place in Nagasaki. And uh, it, was a, it was a banner day. You know, Bulgaria's up over uh, Japan by a, by a solid uh, 50, which, of course, the snitch negates. Just catch that thing. Um, and it was... Uh, the, the seeker was this close. You can't see me, but my fingers are very close. They were this close. And then, boom, dead. Amazing. Just absolutely relevatory. Yes. Uh, it's The wizards uh, did nothing about Hitler. <laughs> nothing. Oh, no. Nothing? Not a thing. Did not raise a wand to oppose the Nazi regime. There was a whole house at, you know, Hogwarts that is basically the BNP, the British Nazi Party, and no one did anything. No one said anything. None of the teachers would reprimand the students for their horrible racist behavior. Thank you for clarifying that up for me. Yes. Now, JK, you are the screenwriter for the uh, Fantastic Beasts movie. Mega franchise, yes. Allegedly going to be five parts? Oh, yes. Uh, There are three remaining movies to be be made. Jesus Christ. Uh, What is this? Laffy Taffy? This is a stretch. So, so what are some, uh, so what are some of your favorite mystical creatures that just had to hit the cutting room floor? I have to hit the cutting room floor. I have three movies left to try and get my pet magical creatures in there. Um, my, my, uh, one of my favorites has to be, uh, the, the, the wedgie wump. The wedge. what kind of creature is a wedgie wump? A wedgie wump is, um, a, two cats, um, joined together by their by their middle uh but instead of two heads it's two asses two cat asses walking around ambulating so, together so it's like cat dog except it's two cats and it's the other end opposite cat dog yes two cat asses and this is a wedgie wump this so is then, a wedgie wump uh, I was so does the wedgie wump have so what is magical about the wedgie wump that it can survive uh, it, it feeds on photosynthesis, uh, which is the only way that a, no, a two-assed creature could survive. The sheer amount of waste excretion is obscene. But I have this whole idea, you know, everyone's favorite character, Credence, is going to get up and, and ride a Wedgewump triumphantly to go defeat uh, Johnny Depp. And uh, it's going to be great. Amazing. What a... Uh, I- 
What's another creature that you can't wait to put in one of your upcoming movies? I cannot wait to uh, unveil to the world uh, the the Nirvanan. What's a Nirvanan? A Nirvanan uh, is a. It has uh, long droopy hair. It's a manically depressed creature. Um, it, oh no! It, it it loves to jump when it's young. It jumps naked into swimming pools. Uh, that's its favorite thing to do. Uh, and, and is it manically depressed because it's next to a because it's next to a flooper? It's next to a flooper, uh, or as I like to call them, uh, Courtney loves and the Nirvanan Just the the flooper is bad for the Nirvanan. Why? Uh, because it makes it so depressed. It makes it so depressed, uh, and every single Nirvanan shoots itself in the face. Oh my god! I know it's wait, the wizard wait, world. What? It's not all mugwumps and with a and flibble DGs. Uh, no, shadow bell shotgun. So wait, so it has to go into like the Muggle world to find a gun. It has to acquire a, a birth certificate. It has to go into a local Walmart, purchase a, a, a firing arm, uh, <laughs> go off to a greenhouse somewhere, and shoot itself in the face. And uh, what are some of the magical properties of this Nirvanan? Um, it's very sad. It, as you as you made it so. It knows how to make other people. It makes sad people feel seen. Oh, that's that. And also, it has good, a I it guess. has a particular smell. What's it smell like? <laughs> you know. No, I don't. What does a Nirvana smell like? Smells like... I've literally only watched uh, ten movies and read... Uh, no, hold on. Uh, nine books. Including the expanded uh, including... universe. No, no, no. Including the uh, Fantastic Beasts to Where to Find Them and uh, the Complete History of Quidditch. Yes, uh, Quidditch Through the Ages... Um, you could call Cursed Child a book. It comes like a book. Uh, nah, okay. It's, uh, uh, if, if it didn't come from you, JK, then, it didn't, then it's nothing. I, uh, signed off on it, so anything you hate about it, old JK. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm super excited to see that character brought to the silver screen. Yes, it's going to be played by, uh, noted good person, the principal from Ferris Bueller, who's actually a pedophile. I love working with people that have unblemished life resumes. I believe uh, Brian Singer is directing that movie. Yes, Brian Singer's directing. Uh, Kevin Spacey is actually the body double, which is crazy that we got Kevin Spacey to be the body double for the fat principal for Fence Bueller's Day Off. Uh, it's going to be great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Pod End and Screw JK. I'm sorry about Crookshakes. Oh, it's okay. I'm. This is a fucking shitty podcast anyway. It's not going to make a difference. Welcome to Pitching Post, the show where we pitch something and we draw it. Uh, now, Jacob, I have an idea for you. All right, run it by me. Okay, it is a video game spinoff of the Taken franchise, but it's spelled T-A-K-K-E-N. Taken. Like Tekken. Like, like Tekken. Tekken. 
but it's it so it's a taken based fighting game um now right off the bat there's some balance issues that I think we need to work out. All right, yeah, because like the Liam Neeson s character is gonna be broken. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's Soul, grossly overpowered. We just do what Soul Calibur did. He's suddenly Nightmare and he's the boss. Mmm, I see. Okay, so instead of playing as Liam Neeson, using your certain set of skills to defeat everyone, which would make the game horribly unfair, he is the end boss. I don't know if that. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. It, it, it's an antihero game where you're trying to abduct Liam Neeson's daughter and get away with it. Well, that could be... I guess it can't... Well, every character needs to have their own unique storyline campaign, although the problem there being, um... What are the characters in the Taken franchise? Um... Like, on our Super Smash Brothers character select screen, there's there's Brian Mills, the I, Liam Neeson's character, who, again, grossly overpowered. I'm pretty sure they're all just listed as indescript foreign person. Well, there's there's Liam Neeson's daughter, um, who I think will be playable in this. It is my... I have only seen the first Taken film, so maybe this is a terrible, terrible idea. I have only idea. seen the trailer for the first Taken film. Okay, so we are exactly the two right people to be doing this job together. Exactly. Um, but I have seen the... Wait, I have seen the trailer for two and three... And is there a fourth? Because if there is... There is not. Taken, okay. Taken, our video game spinoff, is indeed the fourth chapter got of it. the Taken franchise. Um, so you've got well, Liam they... Neeson's daughter, who I'm going to say we're make we're going to make her playable. Um, and it is my understanding that in Taken 2, at one point, she uses grenades as sort of a form of echolocation for is... um, her dad to, like, find her. So I think her power is grenades. I think I think that Liam Neeson's daughter, TV's Maggie Grace, is is a grenade wielding uh, gymnast. Can, can, can we just like set something for me for my own personal benefit? Then we can go back to like the thing. Yes. Are you taking the advantage of the fact that I haven't seen Taken and making things up, or does she really use a trail of grenades to help her dad find her? That is indeed what I have heard is in the second Taken film, and I have. I could not have less of a concept of what Taken 3 is about. You know what, though? I don't even have a guess as to what Taken 3 is about. Honestly, that helps. This, mm -hmm. this Taken, uh, I, I want to find a way of pronouncing it uh, where it's close enough to Taken that you still know it's that, but also still close enough to Tekken that you know it's a parody of that. No, it's just visual. You'll just have to understand that we are talking about T-A-K-K-E-N. All right, I, I guess I can accept that. And I think it just needs to have like a real like bold-faced stone font. If that's the material we're working with, then we can go wild. We can bring, we can make anything a character. Look at me, I'm the talking toilet from Japan and I shoot uh, water blasts. And See, this like is that. exactly what I'm talking about. Our our staple of characters, the holy trinity of the Taken uh, video game, Brian Mills, as played by Liam Neeson's, uh, his daughter Maggie Grace, and the talking Japanese toilet. Exactly, and we can just go further and further from there. Actually, I think uh, I hit the top. I think I hit the top. I think that's it. Japanese. I like. I was like, I was trying to one up myself in ridiculousness, but I think like I already. I think I capped. Yeah, Luke, we we ceilinged pretty early on this idea. Um, so there there are various henchmen that we could that we could turn into characters. Um, there's a guy in the first movie who gets like stabbed through the legs with like electrical rods and like left there. He doesn't die. He just gets left there with like rods in his legs. So maybe he's like a kick based bad guy. Um, and he does super damage with his kick because he's got big rods sticking out of his legs. I, I kind of like the idea of him being like the bonus car stage. 
We're just stucking, sticking electrical rods in him, like, as a bonus round to get points. As a bonus round? What if he's, like, an environmental hazard? That, like, you can, if you hit oh, the right yeah. button combination, you swing him at your opponent. Though we have to have it in the settings that you can turn it off if we want this to have an actual competitive uh, scene. Sure, final destination only. Yeah, which uh, which I feel is very important in fighting games nowadays. Okay, that what kind of items are we talking about? So we've kind of moved away from this being, like, a straight-up 2D fighter, and this is much more of a Super Smash Brothers-style brawler. I still like the idea of it being, like, a 2D fighter, um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with anime and anime games. Zero. None percent. Okay, I'm basically picturing this like every anime game ever. Okay, I, I have seen Naruto games and, and, and Bleach games. Yes, and I think that is the format we should go with. Okay. I, I think it would suit it well. There, We can add enough, like, fun, like, destructible terrain. The real thing is, is this just going to be, like, a couch co-op and online play thing? Or do we want a story mode? And if so, I think that's where our focus should be at this point. We gotta have the story mode. I, I, you know, you have to be able to unlock co-op. I, I saw some friends playing a new Naruto game uh, recently, and you have to unlock co-op. Like, you have to do the single-player campaign for hours to unlock co-op, and it's maybe the worst design decision I've ever seen. So are we gonna, are we gonna steal that whole cloth? No, we are, we're <laughs> going to, um, do a subspace emissary style, that's our story mission. It's not, like, one character fighting their way to the top, it is all the characters teaming up to stop, like, a big robot head in a jaw. I feel like, like we need to play through the take, Taken franchise, like, that should be our story mode. Because, like, if this is going to be the fourth, there's going to be a lot of people who pick up this game who haven't seen the first three Taken movies. Is there... Will anyone? Yes. I mean, like, I would buy it. I would. You would buy the Taken fighting game. T-A-K-K-E-N. For no other reason to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm. Okay, so uh, other characters that we could add. There is a guy in the first Taken film that is sort of an informant who gets hit by a car. And I think we... Uh, could use use him. Maybe his, like, final smash is sort of a Captain Falcon, I'm gonna summon a car and, and hit you now. I like that. And he's and he drives around in a car, and maybe he wears it as armor? Like, the car did not kill him, he became one with the car? Wait, 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 wait can, can I throw something else by you? What not, if the okay. car was the character? Mmm, I see. So, he has, like, a kill count. He has, like, notches on the side of him, like, carved yeah. in with somebody's key for, like, and his then, and, kill count. And then his final smash makes a bit more sense where he just hits you as a car. Like yeah. in a movie. Perfect. So, all right. So, character list. We have Liam Neeson. We have TV's Maggie Grace. We have um, a, a talking Japanese toilet. And we have a Nissan Versa. Yeah, I, th I think we're, we're having quite a cast. We've got a steady stable here. Uh, now, of course, you know, attach a price tag to this thing, $59.99. It, it really depends on, like, well, what, what consoles are we releasing for? Is this, like, a early access Steam Greenlight thing, or... A Nintendo 3DS. This a 3DS game? I agree. Solely can... the 3DS. Solely 3DS. You can't play it on the 2DS. 3D yeah, has we, to be on. We use the 3D like no uh, Nintendo 3DS game has ever used it before. Like, like Liam Neeson is like reaching out and touching you, and we're like throwing things past you. Every everything in this game flies at the screen. Yes, everything. Wait. Like all the punches send. I still think it should be like a single line of combat, but I think that line should extend from the player forward. I think it should be a first-person fighting game, but still, like, restricted to, like, one, like, 
line forward. You can only run forwards <laughs> and backwards, but it is a first-person <laughs> game. You yes, are real, real and that's why all the 3D is so amazing because like those punches are coming right at you, and, and it's like it's like you still fight as if it was a t- 2D like normal fighting game, but it's just first person. <laughs> yep, sold. Ship it. Done. There we go. <laughs> Got it in one. Um, is there anything else you want to add to this? Worst fighting game ever made? No, no, I, 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 I think Taken is ready. I think we can ship. <laughs> ship it. Wait, wait, what rating? What rating? Uh, oh, dude, this is mature. No, sure? E10 with some cartoon violence. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Like, car- I, I like it's cartoon Exactly violence. the same rating that a Lego game would get. Now, there's an idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, <laughs> Lego alternates, and, you know, you unlock alternate skins, and you exactly. get, like, a bat Liam Neeson because he can use grenade-based echolocation. There we go. It's a beautiful game. <sighs> so, Justin. Yeah, Kevin? I have been thinking... Because I, I think Puffin can be a little bit more than yeah. than what we're making it. Than we're, we there, there's the oh, potential yeah. for this thing to to grow and spread like oh, the yeah. like the little big bloom ass flowers from the end of Guardians two. I think that we could be what, what? everywhere and destroy Guard- all planets until oh. we are okay. the only living species in the universe. And wait 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 the blue flowers like in Guardians of Gahul two. Yeah, the Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul two. Right. A movie that definitely made enough money to get a sequel about further owls, more I mean, subsequent owls. I mean, it was released straight to streaming. Hey, can but, I get you know, the Snyder cut yeah. of fucking The Legend of the Guardians, The Where Owls of Gahul? The one that the fans deserved? Yeah, the hard-winning fans of The Owls of Gahul. Yeah. Can I get the fucking Snyder cut of The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul? Because I have been waiting, patiently, training, earning my measure, just like the legendary Owls of Gahul. Who the fuck does Disney think that they can monopolize a grand epics about non-human animals? Yeah, where do like, they get the, off? Yeah, the fans where do they get off? deserve the Snyder cut of The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. No. No, but Justin, this is not what I'm here to talk about. We gotta, I think like, we gotta build we become, the fucking. Brand. We could become one of those cultural institutions. We could be the Tonight Show of the tonight white dudes show? sticking around. The show that like no we could one, do that. Oh, like no one under sixty watches. <laughs> but everyone has seen scattered clips on YouTube. Hi, I'm YouTube. Fuck independent creators. The Tonight Show gets the top slot on our front page. Hey, hey, you know who needs more attention? Jimmy Fallon. Somebody pay attention to that guy. Jimmy Fallon, oh, I don't want to assume anything about anybody, but I bet that guy is like, can we stop this Hollywood witch hunt? Yeah, let's not assume that about him. Because, um, oh, for anybody, I don't know, I don't, I don't yeah. know when this uh, episode is going to get uploaded, but just so anybody, if you've forgotten what the Hollywood witch hunt Genuine was, witches, um, there was, yeah. a, there was a cabal of of yes. uh, of celebrities in Hollywood that were indeed witches, yeah. um, and they were they were only made up of actors that have played. They were black magic listed. <laughs> right, they're black magic listed. 
Um, that was uh, okay. Good fucking good bit, man. Um, but Justin, I think that we we're missing one crucial element of of any successful corporate backers group of white dudes on the internet talking about stuff. Oh well, yeah. nah, baby, merch. We gotta get that Jake Paul merch business deal where we like open a fucking pop up shop in New York and like yeah, cause baby, traffic problems that cripples the city. Let's pretend to kill ourselves in front of a bunch of kids. No, 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 That's Jake's brother, Logan. Jake's the Those good are... one. Wait, there are two diff. There are two Pauls. Yes. The which one is the movie Paul about? Which one of them is a Seth Rogen alien? <laughs> Which one of them balls is a no, Seth no, no, Rogen no, alien? No, no, wait, no, no. You didn't see the uh, deleted scene where Paul buds. Paul buds? No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you look at where like Paul's dick would be because you know he's an alien, doesn't really see it, and you look and uh-huh. there's like a small Paul head oozing out because that's how oh. Paul breeds. Oh, he's birthing. He's sort of doing a mitosis. Yeah. And he's, he's like, yeah, my cells are My cells are dividing. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. That's, that's the that's sound he up. makes. That's a fucked up thing to do. Me, mitosis. <laughs> yeah. And then he made uh, Lake Lake Paul. Lake that's Paul. That's a reference I don't get. So <laughs> that's I just combined their names into one person, and now oh. it's a location. And it's oh. like, come down to Lake Paul. No. Legend foretells no, of a sea beast. But no, we do need to get on that sick We need to get game. some merch. And so we I have need, some ideas we need on Furl Scroll. On we need scroll. sneakers. We need sweatbands. We need right. wristbands for your sweat. I was we thinking we could bands. start maybe with some, yeah, for your neck. Band yes. that neck. We need yeah. some of those, like, African tribal neck bands that expand your neck to untold heights. We like need that, chokers for dudes. We need lip discs. I want our fans, I want you to be able to identify a Puffin fan on the street yeah. by their mighty branded lip disc. Yeah, no. Wait, no. Better idea. It, lip disc is also a fidget spinner. Oh, my God. So when you're bored, you can just, like, fucking reach yeah. into your mouth and spin yeah. your fucking lower jaw. Yeah. It's like a rim. Yeah, like a spinning rim that all yeah. the cool, that the children have. Right. Mm-hmm. Merging old world and new world cultures. That's right. Bringing generations together is exactly. the Puffin Publishing Podcast. I think we need to hop on the bumper sticker train. And I was right. thinking, like, you know, we have an artist, like, mock-up, like some little cartoon versions of some of their authors, uh, the the Janes, the Twains, the Clives, right. the no, Seuss. exactly. And then there's, like, and, like, behind them maybe is, like, the word Chevy. Yeah. And they're just, like, peeing on it. No, Ke- Kevin, I'm Jay, like, you know, Kevin, <laughs> I want to get up on a, a personal <laughs> issue just, here. They're just peeing on it, like Calvin. Yeah. yeah. Like that, no. like that trend that existed for a long time where Calvin oh. Oh, uh, was just uh, peeing on stuff. Oh, you mean like when everyone stole remember, Bill Watterson's art? Remember when you're, Kevin, you're reading Calvin and Hobbes, you're flipping Kevin, over a stopped. Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes collection, and Calvin, that rapscallion, is just peeing on stuff? <laughs> you remember that? I don't think Ke- Kevin... 
No, Kevin, what I remember, and this is a real-ass bumper sticker I found, it's instead of Ke- instead of Calvin peeing, he's, like, smiling, and instead of holding where his dinger would be, um, he's it, like, where and his it's a, there's a little pee line coming out, it's a cross. The and he's smiling, and there's line. a little halo above him. The little pee line? No, no, no. You're going to have to go into more detail of what the fuck you're talking about. His pee is a cross? No. So you know where, like, you know where his, like, hands tucked in? That's so probably the, holding his is wiener? Is it the typical, like, Calvin bumper sticker image where he's, like, nah, ha, ha, yeah, no, he's, like, looking back at you he's, he's, while... he's just, like, smiling nicely. He's, like, smiling okay. nicely. And instead of the little pee line, it's a crucifix. But like and there's a little uh, angel halo above his head. Coming from that boy's dick is a cross? No, no, you don't see his penis. You just see, like, his, evidently his hand, instead of holding his finger, is holding that a sticking out penis? crucifix. Kevin, why do you want to see Calvin's penis? <laughs> I, I Tell our listeners, Kevin, Kevin why you want to see Calvin... Watterson? I guess that's his last I've been, name. Because I've, been, never I've been Kevin Spacey the whole time. I've been, I've been oh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I've, you keep saying Kevin. You, we never said my last name out loud. I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm no. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Lanigan wants to look at Calvin's penis. Every, oh, okay, good. I'm glad, yeah. we, I'm glad we got that on the letter. Yeah. Please remix that, audience. Yes. Please turn that into a rap song. Yes. No, take that uh, Sparta remix, Kevin, Lan- Kevin wants Calvin's penis. I want that dick. Put it around. Put it on the back of my car. I want a Calvin bumper sticker where he is facing forward. I want to see that little oh, dinger. No, no, you don't. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop this bitch. Show me that <laughs> wangus. Give me. <laughs> show me. I want to be stuck in bumper to bumper traffic. And I want to know that the person behind me is looking at Calvin's dick the whole time. You just want to look at prepubescent Pongus. Yeah, I want, I want, I want, I want to move to Los Angeles, buy a car, and stick on the back of that car a custom bumper sticker where it's a Calvin peeing but flipped. So the word Chevy is backwards, and but Calvin is facing you. And I want to know that in one hour of rush hour traffic, the person behind me has had to just look at that. And you know that's where you're looking. Like, once you know right. that's there, you're not right. looking at other cars. You're not checking your phone. Like, you are just staring at that and wondering what I'm all about. Right. But, Kevin, that doesn't make money for us. That makes money for Bill Waterson. He's dead. Just take all his no, money. No, I, I don't think is Wait, Bill Waterson's dead? Yeah, I killed him. Oh, When? <laughs> So I could get his sweet Calvin dollars. I wanted to make the Calvin dick forward bumper sticker. And he was like, no. Very specifically, he said no. So I killed him. Oh, my God. Wait. No, Kevin, I have to tell the police. It's ironic that his name is Waterson because water did not wash all that blood off. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. In, uh, what? Should have called him Bill Soap and Waterson. Oh, my God. Because that's what it took to get it off my hands. What would you do with Bill Waterson's body? I dissolved it in a bathtub. Of I didn't, why? I, no, I didn't have any acid or anything. I just left him in a bathtub of water, and eventually so, he just dissipated. It just it took three months for him to fully decompose into soup. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> I had to I had to go back like every day. I had to like freshen up. I had to lay out some fresh flowers, not in memory of him, to mask the smell of Bill Watterson decomposing. Like the bathtub next to it is just full of empty Febreze bottles that you had to spray. Yeah, every I got a week. Bill Watterson's got that Calvin money, so he's got two bathtubs in his bathroom. So he and his wife, it's like, honey, I'll miss you too much when I'm in the bathroom. Yeah. I haven't showered in months. And she's like, fine, I will have you put in a second fucking bathtub. No, well, no, no. It's like when a couple gets older and they don't want to, like, fuck all the time. So, like, so instead of, like, sharing the same bed, they just get two twin beds. The same principle applies. Instead of just having one bathtub, one big bathtub, they just get two smaller bathtubs because they don't want to have to fuck in the same bathtub. Mm, okay, so they fuck in two separate bathtubs. No, no. Bill Watterson's got that whale dick that no. just, like, it's prehensile, no. and it can, like, flop over from top. You're thinking of barnacles. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of whales. Whale, whale got that springy dick. How you think whale fuck? I thought whales have, like, the long tapering dick, like the cone dick. No, you think, no, they, like, they surface, and they, like, it, like, flops out like a fucking scene from The Thing, and like goes over to the. You think whales like lay each other down gently on the ocean floor and fuck on the seabed? Yes. <laughs> you think whales? They make love on the seabed, Kevin. It's romantic. Well, people always, you know, humans fuck on the shore. Whales yeah, fuck no. underwater. Yeah, no. Boy, no, no, no. Justin, they can't breathe underwater. And the lady, the, the lady whale takes out her sea sponge, and then they fuck. Just. <laughs> no, they can't breathe underwater. No, she's. That's what makes it thrilling, Kevin. Oh, I see the danger of it. Right. The whale's like, man, if I come, I'm going to inhale too much water and die. Right. Yeah, no, sure. no, all whales like airplay. They're, they are all into autoerotic asphyxiation. Exactly. Every single whale. Um, they're all like, of them. Whales actually welcome pollution because it's like, throw a plastic bag over my head while we're doing this. Yeah, no. Like, I hope more humans, like, start flushing their belts down the toilet so yeah. a whale can, like, wrap it around his fucking neck. right. Like, oh, thank God, more plastic bags. Now I can't, more trash bags. Now I have a condom that fits. Yeah. Give me it for my jellyfish. For my big don't old do it. Whale donger. I can't feel anything through a jellyfish. Yeah. Also, they sting my dick. Well, no, that's what keeps hey, them hard. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. TV's Kevin Lanigan here. Don't, don't put a jellyfish on your dick, it'll sting you. Kids, kids, don't use that satanic corporate Viagra. Use nature's Viagra, the par- the paralytic venom of your common jellyfish. Hey, hey, kids, hey, kids, hey don't kids. don't listen to Justin, the little jellyfish themed devil on your shoulder. It's me, Kevin, who wants you to the practice angel safe fish? sex. Safe sex. I don't particularly care if you use condoms. Please do not use a jellyfish as one. However, that would be gross for your dick and for the accompanying vagina. Or a butthole. I don't know your life. Hey, kids. Cool sex demon Justin here. Um, <laughs> not the good sex angel, Kevin. That was my favorite Barbie variation was cool sex demon Barbie. Cool. <laughs> and, cool. and abstinence angel Ken. 
Yeah. No, hey, uh, hey kids, cool it's me. Cool sex Abstinence demon Justin here. Google a uh, penguin mouth. Google open Google image search open penguin mouth. And try not to come. And no, and then and then and and don't just look at a destination. Look at a stop on a journey. Wait, the penguin mouth is a stop on your dick journey? Yes. So you want me to mouth fuck penguin? You want me to <laughs> Yeah. You next time no. I'm in the Have Lou. You, yeah. Next time I'm in the St. Lou, you want me yeah. to you want me to go to go that to the fucking penguin, penguin walking penguin yeah. parade and you want right. me to just scoop on one up, <laughs> stick it in your jacket, go to the bathroom real quick, go go back out and then before the parade's gone entirely, just kind of toss it in the back. Well, there was that news story uh, a few years back about a kid that like stuffed a penguin in his backpack and took yeah. it home like the parents found it in the bathtub the next morning right you want me to accomplish a similar task but not right. with the end goal of owning a penguin no with the end goal yeah of fucking a penguin in the listen listen kids koalas have two vaginas how do just you, imagine that how do you wait really yeah why doesn't this come up more in general koala conversation? Right. No, and, and so koala guys have, like, branched dicks. I think, Justin, you might be, like, a crap brother. Oh, you, what do you think they got up to? They fucked the boomafoo. Boom <laughs> <laughs> they, they took both the puppet and the real lemur. They each got one. They would trade every day. Right, they would yeah. Fuck, yeah. They would fuck the boomafoo. <laughs> Well, no. Well, no. <laughs> they just, no. What they do is they just mash up those clay critters. They were walking in the woods one day. Grizzly Mountain got something to say. A little leaping lemur who liked to bounce and play. I mean, he, he'd bounce. On, on that, on that. On that, on that uh, yeah. On, on that, that are uh, we are we rappers now? On that, is this no, what rap is? On that, uh, crack, like on, like on the crack creature. Mm, that's what they named their dick. Yes, Kratz creatures. Yeah. <laughs> Cut, Kevin. <laughs> We've reached the logical end of that. Kevin, we still haven't talked about what merch we can sell. <laughs> I have here in the studio with me now uh, a, a, a one of the Hollywood bigwigs, one of the one of the fat cats. Uh, I have uh, the guy that works in movies. Hello, did Kevin? I say that name correctly? Hello. Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Movies, the guy who works in movies. Uh, whatever works. works. Uh, Kevin, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell your fans that I've in my past I've done, you know. I don't know if you know about this or not. I don't know if your fans are know about this or not, but I recently almost died on set of an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie that was shot in Vietnam. And when that happens to you, it kind of changes things. It kind of just helps you realize different things about yourself. And I've realized in the past that, you know, I need to take a step back. In the past, I've done a lot of talking, and now I need to do a lot of listening and in my doing my listening, I've become aware of something that's been happening recently that um, is really is really touched my heart. 
and has really been kind of upsetting me, and, it, and there's something I want to do about it. Uh, Kevin, have you ever heard of racism? I, uh, yes, I, I am, I am familiar. I am not, uh, I am not pro-racism, for anyone who oh. might be our, our many listeners. I am anti-racism. Uh, uh, you're saying your experiences, uh, filming the Battle of Chipmunk Hill, uh, have, have made you privy to racism. Yes, it's, uh, it's a, it's a problem that has been sweeping the nation. I think it just recently kind of taken hold and, um, it's, it's really bad. Uh, I, yeah, I'd, I'd have to, uh, agree there. Of course, we'll leave the decision up to our listeners. Uh, listeners, uh, text in to 22558, uh, with your opinions about racism. Um, and, uh, I guess I, I, I should go on the record here that as far as racism goes, uh, I think it's bad and I am not going to be a racismist. Um, well, that, that is great. It's, that it's, is, that is good to hear from the people that, that make our media that you are not a, a racism lover yes and uh i you know in in my time listening and reflecting i realized that uh there's a lot that i can say and do to stop racism as a 40 year old white male and one of the things i want to do is just talk very loudly and not let other voices in on the conversation and kind of let me take hold and say that racism is bad. And one of the ways uh, I found that I can do that, there's a movie that came out that uh, I unfortunately passed on um, called Green Book. Ah, and yes. Green Book, the, the Farrelly Brothers vehicle that ended up uh, winning Best Picture at this year's y- Academy Awards. That must, uh, that must be a real sting. My kind of thinking with it was, was like, Maybe a person who made a movie about uh, three, like, jive-talking boys who are very into, like, science and electronics and everything, uh, who are the sons of Jim Carrey, maybe he's not the best person to talk about racism. Uh, That was my kind of thinking. Um, But I realized I was wrong, and that Peter Farrelly... Obviously you were wrong, because that one best picture. uh, I realized that the perfect person to be talking about this epidemic in our country is Peter Farrelly, co-director of Stuck on You. When I saw Shallow Hal, I said, this guy's got some insight. This guy, this guy's got an approach here. When, when he, when I saw Fever Pitch, I said, this guy's got some thoughts. He's got some stuff going on. You know, and I... Unfortunately, I did not see the correlation between, uh, you know, a filmmaker who has a scene in one of his movies in which three African-American children stuff a duck up a cop's asshole, um, how he could do anything to combat racism. Uh, I I didn't see that connection, but once I saw Green Book, it was was loud and clear to me. So, you know... Yeah. did they do me myself and Irene? Should I think of a me myself and Irene joke? Um, I'm I'm positive they did me myself and Irene. Uh, if you want to do a me myself and Irene joke, you can. Um, I don't. At the time, as I said, I thought it was just 
a very raunchy, absurd comedy. But now I realize that it was a it was a stepping stool. It was a stepping stone into into deeper, more well thought, more emotional filmmaking for Peter Farrelly, the guy who made me myself and Irene. Sure, me, myself, and Irene, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, perhaps it was a metaphor about the fractured nature of our country that we present as being so progressive and forward-thinking, but we forget the more dirty, uh, horrible parts of our uh, American psyche, known as Irene, um, stuck on you the way we are stuck to the past, stuck to our, our, our racist mm. history. Uh, there's something about Mary, uh, Mary... Lind, where uh, Washington D.C. is. That's that's very interesting. And uh, fever pitch. I mean, how can we not see that the nation is itself in a fever pitch? And about I our, mean, our racist culture. And you know the the Three Stooges reboot. You know the Three Stooges, the three branches of government. It all makes sense. It all lines up like uh, baseballs on a baseball field. The Three Stooges remake that has a scene where Moe becomes a cast member on the Jersey Shore. That movie. That might tie into a conversation that we had off of mic uh, earlier, but, you know. It's... Mr. Movies, it sounds like you're doing a bit, but I think you're really telling me a scene that happens in the Three Stooges movie, no, which came out in, like, 2014. It... Like, let let's let's put the bit aside here for a second. Their honest to goodness is a scene <laughs> in the Three Stooges movie where Mo joins the Jersey Shore. There's absolutely a scene in the Jersey Shore where Mo does the little like V with his fingers and pokes out Snooky Polizzi's eyes. That <laughs> That honest oh, that, to goodness. That movie is so funny. I'm laughing already. That's oh, that that premise has so many inherent jokes. There's someone oh. out there who thought, you know, let's bring back these three comedians from 1930, and let's just, I don't know, put them on the Jersey Shore. Let's bring back these uh, three uh, iconic uh, roles played by three particular comedians. Let's completely recast them with Mad TV runoff. And uh, let's put one of them in the Jersey Shore, as God intended. And, you know, if it works out, maybe we'll put Zeppo Marks on Wife Swap. But anyway. <laughs> extreme makeover. Extreme home makeover. Adam's Family Edition. It's extreme makeover uh, with the uh, with Groucho Marks, and it's just them wiping the, the painted on mustache the off of his face. The grease mustache off his yeah, face. Yeah, and, uh, and they're like, ah, this is a good luck for you, Groucho. And he's... You know, they give him different, less iconic glasses, but certainly more functional and stylish. Absolutely, yeah. They they give him those like rimless glasses and everything, and you know, like instead of instead of him having a, a cigar that he's constantly knocking, uh, you know, ash off of, he's got a you know a jewel or a or a vape or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, they they queer eye Groucho marks. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You were talking about Green Book. I was talking about Green Book. Green Book. Um, I'm I'm debating whether I, I I'm because I'm I kind of stumbled across a well that I think might be richer, but <laughs> no, let's pass up this this rich oil vein and let's go <laughs> try it well for oil in uh, Green Book real fast. There's yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, 
Green Book. <laughs> green Book. I realized Green Book. Uh, green Book. I realized that you know, uh, whenever, uh, whenever it won Best Picture at the Oscars, and what was not at all a very stupid decision by a, a group of people that you shouldn't even consider. Um, uh, well deserved. Uh, we will not look back on that in shame. No, no, uh, not at all. I, um, uh, only, only good decisions being made. Yeah, Bohemian absolutely. Rhapsody, best editing. Uh, because, of course, the, the moniker for best editing should actually be most editing. Uh, yeah, it's it's not necessarily best. It's called best editing, but it's it's one of those things where there's like, it's not a, a, a one-to-one translation. It, the award is for splashiest editing. The award is for most cuts in a film. And uh, I'm sorry to say they won this year. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, how there's... The, I mean, there's no movie that has more cuts than Bohemian Rhapsody. That's just how it is. Um, also, you know, it, it should have won for best sound design because it has sound that you recognize in it. I yeah, mean, that's there were uh, MP3s of Queen songs that were dragged into the Adobe Premiere timeline. Best sound editing. I and, loved the songs in that movie. And... I recognize another one bites the dust way better than I recognized beach ambiance dot wave. You know, it's just it's <laughs> that's just how it goes. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed um, we will rock you far far more than I enjoyed uh, a rip of a YouTube video called relaxing beach sounds one hour. Uh, which is what they, of course, slapped into the timeline on the other such Oscar-nominated movies. And you know the the sound designers for Be- for Bohemian Rhapsody, like, you know, it's they had to go out and you know like either find a YouTube video of those songs and go to keepvid.site and download them, <laughs> or you know, like, there was a lot they, of work. They put in the time. They put they in put, the effort. They put in the time. You know, they might have even realized that they have a queen cd around and ripped that to their computer or something there was a lot of work that went into the sound design on bohemian rhapsody and you know a lot of computers don't even have disk drives anymore so maybe they like had to record it from the cd player maybe they had to like play it out loud and put their put their zoom next to the cd player they've got someone with a boom mic just standing over their walkman just you know, getting all those rich queen sounds. It's a miracle it sounds as good as it does, honestly. It's, I mean, uh, if they can... If I found out that in reality, the the source audio for Bohemian Rhapsody was a boom operator standing over a Sony Walkman, that movie absolutely deserves all the Oscars for sound design because, my God... <laughs> Ooh, that it's impressive. I always think best sound design should go to uh, a DJ at a wedding reception. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that was such a a bold like an a, a original creative choice to have the the bridesmen and the the brides uh, w- maids of honor and the groomsmen everything come out to Eye of the Tiger. You know, that was who would have thought. A- that was really good. I I enjoyed when the groom was coming down the aisle and they put the Darth Vader theme under it. I thought that was really that was really clever. They deserve an Oscar for that. Is there, uh, are, are, we, 
Are we sure we want to do Green Book? Because <laughs> it seems like <laughs> you brought Green Book to me. We can we can throw out Green Book. I just <laughs> I feel like we're 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 stepping over just mines in a minefield to try to get to a firecracker. And <laughs> we're properly exploring the space where we, we walked into this jimboree and we want to make sure we get our time on each of the stations. We're just spending a little time. You know, now we're on like the ropes and then we're on the climby thing. Yeah. And soon we're going to be at like the, the mats where we could do some flips and stuff. We don't have to spend the entirety of our time on the trampoline so we can also climb the ropes. Yeah, I get it. We're, I we're exploring I the space. I, I do we totally... need to do a 15-minute chunk on Bohemian Rhapsody? No. Do we want to do a five-minute bit about Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And it, you know what? To be to be quite honest with you, it probably works out because we probably only had about five minutes of Green Book material anyway. So this exactly. all works Exactly. So out. by the time we get to the end, it's like Lord of the Rings. They're trying to get to Mordor. Uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy the Battle of Helm's Deep more than anything in Mordor. But you do have to have that pers- that that horizon there's, of Mordor, and our you know, Mordor is Green Book. We gotta have we have we have to have a dramatic tension. Will they ever get to the Green Book joke or not? You know, and and, and when you know, are they gonna get to Green Book? But we've we've got to we've got to build that tension, and I I think we're doing a great job. Um, also, I never noticed that fourth wall in here. Anyway, Green Book. <laughs> Where'd that fourth wall come from? It it's see- like I, I can just walk right through it. This is weird. Uh, it's like it's not here. There's one before we get to Green Book. There's this one thing. Have you ever noticed that you encounter a lot of people that have very similar voices to mine, who constantly make references to a fourth wall and constantly break any illusion that's been created. Have you ever noticed that's just a thing that a lot of people with my voice do, and it kind of gets annoying after a while? Have you ever kind of felt that way? I think it's very interesting, because there are a lot of folks that will, you know, like, that it disappear into into a role, into a scene, completely, like, immerse themselves in the emotional reality. And then you have other people who it's like, oh, it's that guy in a wig, and he just winked directly at camera. <laughs> There are two schools here. It's it's very interesting because uh, it the it seems like a lot of people like me personally. I I cannot stand it whenever you're watching a comedy thing or listening to a comedy thing and the comedic performer is making allusions to how it's a, co- a comedy. But it seems as though that there's a lot of people that sound a lot like me that do that very thing all the time, and it's. it's very interesting it's it's very interesting and i don't know it's you know you know but at the same time it's an audio format we may not realize that the person who sounds a lot like my like like me is you know maybe that's the only crutch they've got you know and they need to stand on that we can't see an audio format maybe the person that sounds like you broke their leg when they were a kid got a crutch Broke their leg when they were adult, didn't feel the need to buy a different crutch, and so still uses the kid crutch, even though it's like completely missized for their body. I, I think I think that's that's what it is. I, I think it reminds it's... me of watching a contemporary American film comedy, and the moment you hear someone say like, "You look like blank," or like, 
you look like blank fucked blank. And you're like, I'm completely ripped out of this reality because I know this is actors riffing. I'm completely pulled out of the the sense of this movie because why write a joke when you can just have someone make up a joke later? I was I was thinking about that. You know, like we waste because I work in the movie profession. We waste. You love movies. I love movies. I'm brilliant. I'm smart. I'm a genius. I'm the guy who works in movies. And right. I realized just like the time is of the essence. We have to get these movies out. Why are we wasting time writing jokes when we can just have a comedic performer say, oh, this is what we're doing now? Or have a comedic performer just act act as the audience surrogate and be confused instead of, you know, living within this world in which the comedy is taking place? Living within the world or writing a joke. Why write like a well-constructed joke when you can just have a character show up wearing a shirt and have three improvisers, three fucking cast-offs from the Upright Citizens Brigade, just say, like, you look like Lindsay Lohan's bedspread. Like, why write a joke when you can just have someone do that? Why write a Just have one person say, you look like Ricky Gervais had a mullet and then shaved the mullet? Uh... And then have one performer say that, and then have the other performer who that was said to say, oh, this is what's happening right now? Just We could oh, just have that. Happening? Oh, we're making fun of my shirt now? And then they'll That's... say, like, you look like a garden party at Easter Island. Oh, this this is what we're doing? We're uh, Easter Island is so far away from here. We make references to things that the audiences know is true, because, you know, this movie takes place, like, in an apartment in New York City or something. And But have the one performer say, like, but Easter Island is so far away from here. And that's fine. Just let the audience know, hey, you're just as smart as... You're actually smarter than we are. We're on the same page here. That's good stuff. That's good, good comedic writing. Good comedic writing. Like one would find in Green Book. Green Book. Yes, let's talk about Green Book, shall we? I love Green Book. Green Book. Well, I noticed, as the guy who works in movies... I'm going to hold for edit. I noticed as the guy who works in movies. <laughs> you, you're very professional. I like Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm aware of being in movies, you know, what, what one needs. And uh, I realize that, you know, maybe we've spent a lot of time just not talking about the thing we said we were going to dedicate all of our time to. But that's fine. Uh, once again, that fourth wall. And once again. When did that get installed? Once again, once again, I'm going to I'm going to look at this fourth wall in about a month and and be really frustrated with myself. But anyway, Green Book. <laughs> Green Book. Uh, so you had a, an idea based off of Green Book. I realized at the Academy Awards that Green Book has taken massive strides at curing racism, but there's still racism out there because I noticed. That there's multiple races. Now that's interesting. So it I, cured racism between white people and African American people, but it didn't cure racism against between white people and Indian people, against white people and Chinese people. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Uh huh. So I want to do a kind of Green Book cinematic universe where we solve racism amongst every different kind of 
race and gender and age and everything. Just do a version of a green book for every type of prejudice that can exist so that all racism will be eradicated. And so the first one I'm going to do is going to be, as I said, it's kind of a remake of Green Book. It's going to be Nick Vallelonga driving around a distinguished person of another race. But in this one, he's going to be driving around a distinguished uh, Asian-American performer. And the movie is going to be called Yellow Pages. Well, Mr. Movies, that's all the time we have. Thanks for stopping by. In 2019, the authors of the Puffin Publishing House put on a music festival, the It's Lit Festival. They were not prepared. You see, it's a uh, well, introduce myself. I'm up to Sinclair. It's a uh, it's lit like it's literature, cause you know we write books. You get it. It's very funny when you stop and think about it for 15 seconds. It's lit like books, but also it's lit like fire, like some sort of fire festival. I really I don't get it at all. It's it's I like I don't know if it's just my sense of humor. You know, I'm more of kind of a uh, you know more of a slapstick kind of guy, but I don't know. It it made sense. It's lit, like a pun. Okay, we gotta move on. Let's talk about the festival. It was crazy, dude. I'm not an author. I was someone who was there. It was, so they start advertising on all the social media, like, we're gonna put on a music festival. It's gonna be on a private island uh, in the middle of the Adriatic Sea. And it's gonna be fucking crazy, dude. And I was like, I have to be there. It's me, Zelda Fitzgerald. As a, as a uh, social media influencer, it was my job finding someone to sponsor this festival. And who would better sponsor it than the Russian government supporting this music festival on the beaches of the Adriatic Sea? This, we wanted, uh, we like the yeah. pictures of her vagina that Zelda Fitzgerald posts on Instagram. She always says, like, look at this tunnel I found, <laughs> or, like, I dropped my gum in a pile of hair. We always really enjoyed the pictures she posts. And so when she asked us to put on a music festival, I said, sure, if I can get a slice of that, comrade. Aye, 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 aye. And I said, "Is it, if this is Russia, I thought you had to share with the people. Zelda, I didn't know, I'm Zelda Fitzgerald's doctor. I didn't know how to tell her this. She caught every STD in Russia. It was, it was in, she had sex with every single denizen of the country of Russia. Uh, men, <laughs> women, children. You could say that my stand. You could say that my time in Russia turned me red. She Zelda Fitzgerald is like village bicycle. Everyone has fucked it one time. So we thought we'd get all the biggest acts in music over to the It's Lit Festival. Uh, we wanted. Uh... Oh, who's that character that Vern plays? Who's the one that sings all the songs from Vern? Tennessee Williams. Washington uh, we got, Irving. We got Washington Irving. We got Tennessee Williams. Uh, we got... Owen Wilson. 
Owen Wilson, famous musician. Uh, we got the Funk Town Fiddlers, which are all the southern characters on the Puff and Publishing podcast. Uh, we got the... the uh, Joe, Joe Biden playing a wax comb. We got Joe Biden playing a wax comb. We got Bill Clinton on the saxophone. He kept asking if it was a tuba. Uh, we got uh, all the... It was a band made up entirely of James Pattersons. They played progressive prog rock, which is Jimmy unnecessary. And the Jimmy and the Pats. And saying progressive prog rock is stupid because prog is progressive. Uh, they took money out of the ATM machine while they were doing it. It's crazy! All the big music acts. Hi there, I'm, uh, and my name's Ron Important, and I was one of the, uh, customers who bought a ticket to the It's Lit Festival. And let me say that it was an incredible letdown. Just getting to the, uh, first of all, they called it a tropical, cr- they called it a tropical festival. It was on the Adriatic Beach. <laughs> it was absolutely free, like, cold as hell, and covered in crocodile syringes. Then there were all those crocodiles that kept popping up out of the water. The the crocodiles, uh, they did not let us go one second. We were just trying to listen to the Funktown Fiddlers, and then my it, crocodile takes a chunk out of your ass. It's It was not a good time. Hey, everyone, it's me, Joe Biden. I was really excited when all these nice kids asked me to come down and you know, just uh, hum a tune out on my comb. And it just, it was, it, it, I thought it turned out to have a pretty good time. I had a blast, just like, it was just nice being invited, and it's just nice to be acknowledged once in a while, you know? Hi, I'm Lyndon Baines Johnson, and uh, I, I kept being interrupted in my performance of uh, The Spoons uh, during this uh, It's Lit Festival. Um, I kept being interrupted by Zelda Fitzgerald having aggressive sex with me. I, I, I'll be honest, I confused him for Lyndon Johnson the president, which, um, I don't know if you've heard the rumors about him. He was a very aggressive statesman, and I hope that transferred in the bedroom. So I thought, hey, here's a Lyndon Johnson, but it wasn't him. So I, I don't mind taking second best, it's just, you know, it was just second best. I'm Herbert Hoover. Oh, and when I was on stage at the It's Lit Festival playing the jugs, <laughs> I couldn't focus. I was so hungry. The only food on the whole island was Zelda Fitzgerald's pussy. Hey everybody, it's me, Dante Alighieri. So I was originally, you know, brought on to do the catering for this event. Oh, that would make sense. And, look, I was there, you know, it was a cold, like, you know, I had got there, you know, thinking this was a tropical, you know, festival. So, you know, I brought coconuts, I bought shrimp, you know, I brought, uh, like, citrus, you know, to make some ceviche with something that I catch off beach. And, you know, we are in, we are in Russia. There it is. I can't do anything. I can't get a fire going because we're on the beach and it's cold and the wind is blowing too hard. I just sat there, you know, rubbing sticks together and blowing on it and nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then, and then somebody comes over to me with the audacity, the mother fucking audacity, and say, hey, do you know where I could get a Philly cheesesteak around here? Motherfucker, you're in Russia. They didn't understand what Philly cheesesteak was until 2008. In Soviet Russia, 
cheese steaks you. As a like, as the leader of important industries, I thought it was important to keep my carbo load up. Unfortunately, so I looked around for the nearest cheese steak stand, which you know, as a man of as a Philadelphian myself, is one that I can find at any corner on the street. So I go up and see this uh, this very small and very frustrated man, and I ask him if I can find him. And he comes out and he bites a hole out of my throat. And so, as, as, a, as an important man, I was able to buy the finest voice box on the market. But it's still, you know, really inconsiderate about the way the staff tr treated the customers. I, I don't know if you heard me before, but in Soviet Russia, cheese steaks you? I just really wanted to get, make sure that that one got in there edgeways. Yeah, it was, uh, the food situation was crazy. Uh... It was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was a whole deal. It was a whole bag. Um, Dante Alighieri was prepared for a tropical climate, so he prepared uh, a, a sushi platter for everybody. But lacking a proper place to lay it, he did that thing where he put the sushi on a naked woman's body. But then he put it in, but it was too cold, so he put the sushi inside a naked woman's body. So you had to like pick. The sushi buffet out of Zelda Fitzgerald's vagina. <laughs> it was a it was a mess. I didn't know how to deal with it. So what? So what if the salmon eggs inside me accidentally got fertilized, and the and then they hatched two weeks later? We had to deal with so many salmon human hybrids. These these confused horrible zygotes. These monstrosities against God crawling around the sea and you had to like half submerge them in water and half of them had to be on the sand it was horrible these these crimes against god i'm an excellent baby i'm an excellent baby life is pain please end it for me i can't be drowned or suffocated life cannot die and then, and then we had to set up the tents. Now remember, it's by the Adriatic Sea. So, you know, there's a lot of wind going on here. And unfortunately, there was only one person that we had left in charge to do the tents. And that man was Tom Hanks. Hi, I'm Tom Hanks. I've never been camping in my life. I was supposed to do some of my favorite famous stand-up comedy for that movie about stand-up comedy that I was in. But they had me put up tents instead. I don't know how to do that. I'm Tom Hanks. So there were just piles. Piles of unmade tarp. Piles of tent rods. I don't know how they go. I'm Tom Hanks. I was in Castaway. I didn't learn shit. It would have been very helpful. I didn't learn nothing. Ah! I'm Tom Hanks. <laughs> And I guess what uh, something should be mentioned at this point, uh, this isle was right next door to Pig Island, uh, which is a, a, an island infested with both swine and police officers. We was all, uh, we was just having a good time. You know, we were listening to uh, Bill Clinton play the tuba, and uh, there were some crocodiles uh, that were nipping at us, but it was not a problem until a bunch of cops came over riding pigs. And uh, they did not like what they found. Hi there, Officer Mike Hernandez, NYPD. As you know, I got into a little bit of uh, legal trouble when I was working for the NYPD and for the Banksburg PD. Uh, 
Turns out, the thing that I thought was a gun in his hand was a donut? You would think I would have recognized a donut, but I didn't. Uh, and turns out I didn't need to shoot him 37 times, and that I should have been able to realize in the spaces in which I was reloading, like, hey, that's a donut, but I didn't. Uh, so my superiors thought I needed to lay low for a little bit, so they sent me to Pig Island. Uh, naturally, I, uh, I, I took this opportunity to, to find the toppest, the top, the biggest pig they had there, and, uh, I, I took that pig's life and made myself Emperor of King Island. So, naturally, uh, pigs and hogs and swine and creatures of this sort are very territorial. So whenever I saw the It's Lit Festival setting up, I got very frustrated because my territory was being encroached on. What you're about to hear is uh, an interview with the, the wife of the slain King Pig, and we have provided a translation track that will play over it, like you often hear in such audio documentaries. <laughs> yes, my husband was slain. I was was disappointed. Uh, not surprised. This is, this is the kind of territorial thing that happens on Pig Island. And they're setting up the, uh, the It's Lit Festival. They, uh, as I said, they encroached on our territory, and there was a little bit of structural damage. And so you know I'm going to be contacting my lawyer so that we can sue Yeah, we thought the, like, uh, crocodiles would take care of the pigs and it wouldn't be an issue. But the two beasts uh, actually uh, came in league with one another. So suddenly we're not only fighting, like, crocodiles, which are already an issue. But then we have swine that are in league with the crocodiles. And it, it, was a, it, was a whole, it was a whole thing. Hello. I'm King K. Rule. My alliance with Officer Mike Hernandez of the Pig Island was at first uneasy. Naturally, the pig and us crocodile are sworn enemy, but I thought that this one time we should unite and band against our natural intruders. This time it wasn't Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, but it was the It Lit Festival. It's a me, Mario! I did not like the uh, Isolita festival. I thought it's uh, no good. So naturally, uh, the authors were very upset over the invading pig and the and in King K rule and everything. And they thought, you know, they were they were so upset about them invading and trying to take over the festival. And I was trying to tell the authors, the authors, do not worry. King K. Rule is such a low tier as far as Smash characters go. We will be fine. We can take him out. As long as we get Meta Knight in there, as long as we get Star Fox in there or something, this will be fine. So I started ordering construction workers. I had Tom Hanks level out the play, level out the, the, the island so that it could be more of a final destination scenario. And of course, I confiscated everyone's uh, possessions or accessories they had because the only way that this game could have been played was with items off. Yeah, uh, I never played a, a Super Smash Brothers before. I'm Tom Hanks, uh, and I I, I I just listen to what people tell me to do. That's what you learn when you're an actor, is that you just do what people tell you to do. I was naturally very confused, very upset at what was going on. For the longest time, I'd always kind of, in, in the field, in Banksburg and in NYPD, I, I knew that you chose who was going to be on your team first, and then you chose the de destination in which to fight. 
but this It Lith Festival, it was going to be the ultimate festival, and they changed how it was set up so that you had to pick the playing field first and then pick your your characters that were going to be joining you. And it was very confusing for me to 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 get involved in and get introduced to. Let's not forget, while all this was going on, everyone was getting all of their nourishment from Zelda Fitzgerald's pussy. I just, I feel like it's been a few minutes since we've talked about that in this documentary, and it seems necessary to remember that everyone, all the authors, the president bands, the pigs, <laughs> they're getting all of their nourishment from Zelda Fitzgerald's vagina. I've seen a lot of things in my days on the force, but I never ever thought I would ever see an actual pig in King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong Country series of video games <laughs> eating noodles out of Zelda Fitzgerald's pussy. If you're lucky, you've never seen Mario from the Mario franchise of video games go down on a woman. You, If you've never seen Mario give a mustache ride, good job! I consider you lucky, because I've seen it. It was just... Not a fan! It was just very, uh, it was very upsetting to me, like, seeing Mario in New Donk City gave me Sonic 06 uh, memories and flashbacks, so, like, seeing him on this island, but still with full-grown people and everything, with dimensions and everything that a natural human being would have, and not short, rounded Mario dimensions, was just very upsetting to me and very concerning for me. It made you wonder if okay so if mario's human what am i <laughs> and 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 is he the same species as zelda fitzgerald uh also this is the bob hoskins mario <laughs> i've decided now it's the bob hoskins one and not the little nintendo one i was very confused whenever i saw uh, Mario, because I naturally thought, oh, okay, King K. Rules here, that's Wario. But then I got closer and I realized, that's not Wario, that's Bob Hoskins Mario. I uh, can't believe we haven't heard from uh, Bill Clinton yet. He seemed like he'd probably have a good time at this festival. Well, uh, they asked me to play, and... Normally, uh, whenever I'm asked to appear at, a, at a, a function like this, it's to give a speech. It's been a long time since the Arsenio Hall show, so I was very happy to dust off the, uh, the old, uh, what is that thing? Is that a tube? No, uh, whatever it is I play, I was very happy to dust that all up. Uh, so I went into the closet, and to where the, the tuba case was, opened it up, and the tuba was gone. And I said, oh no, oh, where's my instrument? And I asked Hillary, I said, Hillary, what have you done with, oh, what, what is that thing? Uh, what, what, have you, what have you done with my instrument? And she said that she deleted it. And I'm like, can you stop deleting things? <laughs> you delete everything. You're like, uh, you know, but that's how, that's how broken Hillary is. She's constantly just deleting things in the, uh, in the, in the palatial playhouse that we live in. So I was forced to go on stage, no instrument, nothing, no no game plan, and just just kind of wing it, and and that's what I did. Bill Clinton did a ten-minute chunk of stand-up comedy in the middle of the It's Lit Festival. It was a horrible 
<laughs> he he did not know how to work a crowd. He said multiple racial epithets. Uh, he he did a bit about his dubious sexual history. And it's like, yeah, Bill, like we know we've all kind of like moved on from it. You ever notice how a hammer has a sharp spiky end and then a bell end? What is this? A hammer or is it Wolverine naked? Okay, I thought that one was going to go over a lot better than it did. Oh, boy. Uh, get off the stage! Uh, get off the stage? You mean like how I got off on Monica? Remember that? Anyone? Yeah, of course we remember it. We've kind of all forgot. You know, blowjobs happen. Oh, I see that uh, uh, something in the, uh, on, on Pig Island has caught fire. Hopefully that's going to be a, a slow burn like that second season of that podcast about me anyone anyone listen hear that oh boy um talking about cereal no slow burn not cereal slow burn it's the second the first series was about uh the the nixon uh forget it uh um no i haven't heard that podcast oh my god uh i'm dying up here uh, now I know what Vince Foster felt like. Oh, boy. Uh, uh... Do a Joey Buttafuoco joke! Uh, uh, so, uh, remember Joey Buttafuoco? Uh... Yeah! Uh, remember on, uh, Beavis and Butthead when they called him Joey Buttawapo? That was good. <laughs> That's uh, just someone else's joke! Oh, uh, uh, sorry, um... Remember uh, the guy who cheated on his wife and got his ding-dong cut off? Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy from the Weird Al song Headline News? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm glad that didn't happen to me. Uh, um, I have a Joey Buttafuoco joke. Uh, all right. We, let's, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear what you got to say about Joey Buttafuoco. Yeah, you know how Kurt Cobain shot himself in the face? Yeah. They say his sweater was made out of 100% Buttafuoco fiber. Uh, uh, that's, that's pretty good. You know, uh, I got a, I got a joke. Uh, you know, Kurt Cobain, uh, he, he realized uh, that he needed to... Uh, it had been a while since he'd done any kind of dental work, so he decided to take some shotgun mouthwash... And it and it cleaned his teeth mostly, but it left one hell of a cavity. Is that anyone? Is that's that's pretty good. I'll give you that one. It's. It, I mean, it's not necessarily a Kurt Cobain joke, but oh, no, here, it's, here we go. Here we go. It's like one you just put Kurt Cobain in. Uh, here, here, here we go. Uh, uh, the other day, uh, Al Gore gave uh, gave me a ride, uh, and uh, he asked me where I want to sit. And I said, uh, I'll sit Kurt Cobain. And he looked at me, and I said, you know, behind a shotgun. Yeah, it's pretty okay. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Works better in context, though. Uh, Kurt Cobain thought about not ending his life, but then he said, ah, never mind. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd hear Bill Clinton on stage of the It's Lit Festival making jokes about Kurt Cobain shooting himself? Did you ever think that this episode of the Puffin Publishing Podcast has no less than five Kurt Cobain references, and it's definitely not just because there's a Nirvana poster right in front of my face? Did you ever think about that?
Every single person involved in the It's Lit Festival has been brought up on charges. They are serving a cumulative 127 years in federal prison. Unfortunately, they can't get me because I'm in international waters. Thank you all for checking out another episode, another fine edition of the Pufflin Publishing Podcast, this one for April 2019, our third anniversary. As always, uh, Puffin Publishing has been TV's Kevin Lanigan, Joe Conroy, Justin Germeroff, and Vern Tooley, and thank you, Jacob Kelleher, for your special cameo appearance in this episode. If you liked, there's a new there's a new little format we'll we'll try out every now and again, perhaps on the next few anniversaries. This puffin chat show concept. If you like it, let us know. Let us know that you enjoyed the puffin chat show, so we can keep doing that for years to come. But don't worry, next month we will be back with a regular sketch episode recorded in the regular way. Uh, we're all in a bunch of different time zones now, and, and the, the chat show will be an easy way to continue to the show after our our years of, of uh, sketch and improv backlog have been finally sifted through, removed of its gold nuggets, um, and uh, left in a hole to get shot like Tom Waits in uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Spoilers! Yes, spoilers. If you like the show, there are two distinct ways to show us your love. Number one is going on to wherever you're getting this show, particularly Apple Podcasts. Hit that five-star review. Leave us that 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 beautiful review. Uh, share the show. Talk about the show. Word of mouth, most powerful advertiser there is. The second most powerful advertiser, five-star reviews on iTunes. The second way, as you heard uh, whoever talking about at the front of the show patreon patreon.com slash tv's kevin is how for as little as one dollar a month you can support this show and all the other stuff we got going on here at Chekhov's gunman productions at talkback podcasts at the this this tiny 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 media empire uh that we're building over here you can support me going out doing shows you can support me writing a book writing a feature film that i want to make all these all these different things that is the place to do it uh yeah i think that's i think that's it um we'll be back next month i've probably put a funny song after this uh let's say the al pacino song from jack and jill i don't think i've done that one yet but until next time fuck you something's brewing at dnd Wow! Al Pacino! It's not Al anymore! It's Dunk! Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do! What's my name? Dunkachino! It's a whole new game! Dunkachino! You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend! Say hello to my chocolate blend! Attica, hoo-ah, lucky light! This whole trial is out of sight! They pull me back in with hazelnut too! Caramel swirl, I know it was you! 
Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunkachino. And boom, there you have it. It's actually 32 seconds, so I gotta lose two seconds. Maybe you can tell me what, what part you would lose, but I think we are getting there. Burn this. I'm sorry? This must never be seen by anyone. If you didn't like all those close-ups, we can, we can, no, this is not the final cut. There's no doubt we, we can. All copies. Destroy them. You want me to play it again? Has anybody seen this? Nobody has seen this. Uh, they okay. have to be found and talked to. All right. To be honest, I showed my wife. No she good. couldn't believe. <laughs> no good. <laughs> this has been a Talk Back Podcast.